Y'all give me a, a, a woo on three. One, two, three. Woo! <laughs> Is that not just fun to do? I mean, can we not just have fun for fun's sake? Come on. <laughs> How often do you get a room of people together and you can do a woo? I mean, I'm, take, I'm taking advantage of having you gather together to do stuff I think is fun. So, All right. So we agree with heaven. If you want to agree with heaven, you laugh. You can worship. You can intercede. You can prophesy with laughter. Did you know that? Did you know laughter? God's already said yes to that. Laughter is good medicine. God laughs. Jesus laughed. He was accused of being a glutton and a drunk. All right? So he, I could just see the Pharisees like, Jesus is laughing too much because we're miserable over here. And if you're holy, you're miserable. He must not be holy because you're miserable if you're holy. <laughs> Man, thank you, Lord. So then God, so I'm going to read in Genesis 17 and Abraham and Sarah, their laughter story. Verse 15 said, then God said to Abraham, as for Sarah, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai. Whoops, I pronounced the first one. As for Sarai, your wife, she shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her indeed. I will give you a son by her. Then I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of peoples will come from her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, Will a child be born to a man 100 years old? He's in disbelief. Doesn't matter, Abraham. Do <laughs> will a child be born to a man 100 years old? And Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child. She's been barren this whole time. It's not just that she's past childbearing age. She's been barren. She hasn't been able to have a child. And so, even in that moment, God is so big. <laughs> because Abraham was prophetically agreeing with God when he laughed, even when he didn't believe it. <laughs> How many of y'all have ever been given a word that you just think is too big for you? Just laugh at it. <laughs> Man. <laughs> so it's, this is what Abraham did. Abraham is the father of the faith. He's the one that originally started out the journey in faith with God. It's before the law was given and all that. Sarah, Genesis 18, there's three visitors that came to Abraham who were angels, basically. And he said, I will surely return to you this time next year. And behold, Sarah, your wife, will have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent door, which was behind him. She was eavesdropping. Now, Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in age. Sarah was past childbearing. Sarah laughed to herself. After I've become old, I mean, she's scoffing too. 
after I've become old, shall I pleasure? Shall I have pleasure in my Lord being old also? I think she's saying, like, we can't even have sex. There's multiple miracles going on here. There was no Viagra back then. Is anything in the Lord said, is anything too difficult for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you. At this time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah denied it, however, saying, I did not laugh. She's like, uh-oh, I'm in trouble. I, d- I didn't laugh, Lord. And, uh, but the Lord knows everything. He said, no, but you did laugh. <laughs> Sarah, you did laugh, honey. I know. I know all things, okay? <laughs> How many of y'all ever tried to lie to the Lord? I mean, you've just been like, Lord, I've, uh, you know, he's just, honey, just be honest with me. I know it all. I know it all. <laughs> I did in the early days when I thought Lord wanted, uh, he wanted like some really beautiful prayers. But then I just realized he just likes talking to me like a son. Um, anyways, Genesis 21 says, Then the Lord took note of Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he promised. See, God's not dependent upon you. He's dependent upon himself. And he says, even when you're faithless, he's faithful. So Sarah conceived and bore a son to Abraham in his old age at the appointed time of which God had spoken to him. Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah bore to him, Isaac, which means he laughs. Then Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old as God had commanded him. Now Abraham was 100 years old. When his son Isaac was born to him, Sarah said, God has made laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh with me. And they say even the Hebrew pronunciation of Isaac sounds like a laugh. It's like, hissah. That's how you, hissah. Every time they'd say Isaac's name, ha ha ha, ha ha ha, bring me some water. Ha ha ha, it's time to go to bed. Your, na- your name sounds like a laugh. How awesome would that be? Well, I don't know. But his name is He Laughs. So they, what happened was even as they laughed, they agreed with God. And like God is just so much bigger than even their unbelief. But what did Jesus say? How much faith do you have to have? Mustard seed. You know, they, one thing that, they did was they stayed put. You know, they just kept doing life. <laughs> Sometimes that's, that's all we feel like we can do, and that's all we can do is just put the one foot in front of the other. And God's big enough for that. He's big. He doesn't require perfection. He doesn't require your faith to be perfect. He just asks you to have courage. He just asks you to trust and to have just a little bit. It's just like I tell, you know, I heard uh, Randy Clark, but I've adopted it as well. He said, how, how do you know you get pray, faith to pray for the sick? If 
few people raise their hands like, well, we need to do this. He's like, no, no, no. You know you have faith to pray for the sick when you pray for the sick. It doesn't matter, like, how much you have faith you have in that moment or whatever. If you have enough faith to pray for somebody, you've got enough faith to see them healed. Amen? So Sarah, too, was declaring the promise of God with every laugh. I believe Sarah's laugh opened her womb. I believe her laugh opened her womb to allow the promise to be birthed. So how many of y'all have got some barren places in your life that you want to see God bring, bring forth some new birth, bring some life? Laugh into that place. Laugh into that place. And it not only bursts the new thing that God's doing, it just bursts more laughter. It just gives you more joy. Where <laughs> you're just like, God, you did that for me. <laughs> and I, I just get more laughter on this as icing on the cake. I believe laughter is the missing ingredient in most of our lives. I believe we take ourselves too seriously. You know who takes themselves seriously? Pharisees, the religious spirit, orphan hearts. Because you strive and you fight. It's like the older brother in, the, in Luke 15. Why do they, why, why does my father throwing a feast for my brother who spit in his face and asked him to die? I have been faithful, I have stayed, I work in the fields, but he, for, he actually forsook the greater calling, which was to be an intermediary between his younger brother and his father. He didn't know about reconciliation. He was looking at himself. How can I gain? He was, he was trying to gain fa favor in his father's eye when he already had favor. So the religious spirit crosses religions. It crosses political parties. It crosses denominational lines. It's an equal opportunity oppressor. Whoever likes to strive and try to earn righteousness gets the religious spirit. And God... <laughs> He, he brings laughter as a way to just break that off of you. Just to break it off. So there is laughter equaled faith. This, that's what Hebrews 11 says about her. Is this not crazy? This is crazy. By faith, even Sarah herself received the ability to conceive even beyond the proper time of life since she considered him faithful who had promised. Now, it looked like we read something different. But the Bible is saying that heaven saw it a different way. How many of y'all were here when Bob Johnson was back in February? He, he, he went, he rapped a little bit on us. He said, this is the word of the Lord for you. And he went, faith is messy and it's okay. Heaven is recording it in a different way. And he went, mm, that's good. Yeah. And we went, let God use you. <laughs> faith is messy and it's okay heaven's recording it in a different way <laughs> how good is God 
How many of y'all, y'all heard my rain story? Me and Jessica went to Athfest last night. We're eating uh, how wire with our family, and it was pouring down. It was about seven or something like that. Whenever it poured down out there. And Jessica was like, uh, let's go walk to the car in the rain. She likes walking in the rain, which I didn't know about because she doesn't like getting dirty that much. But she apparently rains a little different to her. But So we started walking in the rain, and I, I was like, hey, I got a duck under right here. She's like, we don't have to walk in the rain. I was like, no, I just got to get my mind right because I was expecting something totally different. And so I just went, all right, let's go walk in the rain. So because I just, that's how my, I just, I've learned ways about myself. You learn about yourself. I was like, yeah, I just got to hit the reset button on what we're doing here. I'm good with walking in the rain. Let's go, baby. All right. So on the way, we were just talking about that. I, the, the previous week, we had had a bad storm. It was like windy. It was heavy rain. And I just had this thought. I was like, man, isn't it kind of God that he split the water up into raindrops instead of just pouring a bucket on top of our head? That every time it rains, somebody's house or trees get destroyed. He's like, I'm going to break this up into raindrops that are going to nurture the ground. Isn't that kind of God? He could do it any way he wanted to. Is he not kind? And, and I look at this. Look at how he chose to record the faith of Sarah and Abraham. Is he not kind? Is he not good? Is he not faithful? I'm like, he's a good, good father. God doesn't throw his kids under the bus. Man, he's good. <laughs> Laughter is prophecy. Sometimes God gives you a prophecy that's so unbelievable it leaves you laughing at the impossibility. Is anything too difficult for the Lord? We read that. When we laugh in prophecy, we're declaring the God of the impossible will do it. You're like, oh, Lord, this is impossible. (laughs) But, man, you're going to do it. I can't do it. That's why I'm laughing. So we laugh ourselves into the future. Proverbs 31. Man. All right. This is my two cents on Proverbs 31, aside from this point. Women, do not try to, like, be this woman. All right? You will fail. This is, I believe, a picture of the end-time church. Right? So I'm like, is this Wonder Woman that's in Proverbs 31? I mean, like, who is this? Man, it wouldn't hurt it doesn't hurt to pray that, but don't husbands, don't expect your wife to be doing this. Unless if you expect her to be like that, then she can expect you to be just like Jesus, okay? So like <laughs> you don't get to fail either. <laughs> so anyways, Proverbs thirty one always just been like, man. That's a heavy trip for a woman trying to do that. Just let God use you and get out of the way. And so Proverbs 30, but I believe it's bigger than that. I believe it's a picture of the end time church because it doesn't, one person can't do that. It takes Jesus. And so 
But one of the things it says about the end time church, who is this Proverbs 31 woman, the bride of Christ, it says strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the days to come. <laughs> the church is meant to laugh their way into the future. You're meant to laugh your way into the future. So there's, there is much to be joyfully anticipate, anticipating in the kingdom of God. Not only in this earth, but in, I mean, we have to, you, to have joy fully, you need to live from an eternal perspective. You got 80 short years on this earth, generally, compared to eternity. You can't even fathom it. I can't fathom it. And you, there's rewards in this life, and there's rewards for the age to come. But you laugh at the days to come, you're like, I get to spend all eternity with Jesus. That's a, that's a good life. That's the promise. That's the hope. That's one of the, that's salvation at its most foundational form. So the kingdom of God and his peace are increasing. Father's zealous love will accomplish this. This is Isaiah 9. The gospel is bearing fruit and increasing. That's Colossians 1. Laughing with God is intercession for the future. <laughs> God, your gospel is increasing right now. Your kingdom is increasing. Even though it looks really dark and things are going on, there's wars and all that kind of stuff. God, I believe your word. I believe Jesus. And I'm going to die believing. Because even the, the, the patriarchs and the matriarchs of the faith in Hebrews 11 that went before us and they saw a partial fulfillment of the, of the promises. They said they didn't see the, complete, the completion of it. But for us who are in Jesus, we, we've seen the Messiah. We've experienced the Messiah. And there is still, until Jesus comes back on that day, on Judgment Day, where he winnows the righteous from the unrighteous, and those who are covered in the blood of Jesus are righteous. Until that day where it's made everything complete and Jesus sits on his throne and the earth finally has a good king. The earth is longing for a good king, is it not? Jesus is the only one who's perfect in that. And so we laugh with God. I get to spend eternity with Jesus. Thank you. Psalm 2, 1, 4. Why are the nations in an uproar and the peoples devising a vain thing? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us tear their fetters apart and cast away the cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. You can just soak in that. I'm not even comment. Laughing is worship. Psalm 126, it said, when the Lord, this is one of my favorite scriptures, when the Lord brought back the captive ones of Zion, we were like those who dream. It's, it's a psalm about when they were taken out of captivity in Babylon and were making their journey back to Israel. We were like those who dream. They thought they'd never get out of Babylon. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with joyful shouting. They said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. Woo. 
What's it going to be like when people look at Jesus' church and says, the Lord has done great things for them. Jesus has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. Restore our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. Those who sow in tears shall reap with joyful shouting. He who goes to and fro weeping, carrying his bag of seed, shall indeed come again with a shout of joy. Lift up a shout right now. Woo! Bringing his sheaves with him. It's harvest time. Joy is the key in the harvest. One of my prayers is that joy, I'm like, God, not only, don't only just send out harvesters into the harvest, send out joyful harvesters. Because we got good news. It's good news. Laughing at the lies prophecy. The devil wants you to believe the lie that he proposes to you because your unbelief is the only thing that can stop you from entering the promised land. There's a generation that enter in the promised land because of their unbelief. So what is the promised land? It's the appropriation of the promises of God, which are found in Jesus. The culmination of those are found in Jesus. Jesus is the promised land because all the promises of God are yes and amen. So laugh instead of strive. So many times we're trying to push our way into something. Let's push. Let's make it happen. We try to push our way into our destiny, striving and frustrated. The problem is more oil is required to push your de- into your destiny. You need more oil. You ever try to get a ring too small on your finger? Got to oil that thing up. More oil is required. So instead of pushing, let's slide into the promises. Just say, I'm going to slide into the promises. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives and freedom to prisoners, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant those who mourn in Zion, giving them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a spirit of fainting, so they will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified, that will preach just all by itself. <laughs> the vengeance of the Lord is executed through laughter. What, is, what does Jesus look like when you're worshiping him? I'm serious. I, he used to look like the 1970s Jesus of Nazareth movie to me. He was English with blue eyes and didn't smile. This is, this is what I remember from that movie. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. That's the truth. But is Jesus, I mean, did he really go around like that? He had more joy than anybody on the face of the planet ever. So he was probably like, blessed are the peacemakers. I mean, I have no idea what he was looking like. I imagine when Philip asked him, he's like, 
Jesus is showing us the Father. He's like, Philip, baby. Have I been with you so long and you haven't seen the Father? He's like, Philip, man, let me tell you something. I am in the Father. The Father is in me. The works that I do, I do in him. If you don't believe in me, at least believe the works, man. I love you. He's, Jesus is, he's this dude. He has fun fishing. Does Jesus get angry? Yes. He's just not angry at me. I'm in Jesus. I'm in the, I'm in the blood. <laughs> There's one thing he really didn't like is when he turned the house of God into a business, into a profit-making machine. That's what really got him upset. He got upset when it wasn't a house of prayer. He got upset when people were led astray from how good he is. When people were led astray from knowing that he's a good father. That he's not a heavy taskmaster. That's what got him upset. The wicked plots against the righteous and gnashes at him with his teeth. The Lord laughs at him, for he sees his day coming. <laughs> Baby. Oh, man, I almost went into dusty roads. The Lord laughs at him, for he sees his day is coming. The wicked have drawn the sword and bent their bow to cast down the afflicted and the needy, to slay those who are upright in conduct. Their sword will enter their own heart, and their bows will be broken. So this is what the laughter of the Lord does. It brings the sword of the Lord, I mean, the sword of the enemy is coming up against you. Jesus, you, as you laugh, you just grab that thing and you just take his sword and it's speared into his own heart. Your laughter turns it on the head of the enemy. That sword you raised up against me, devil, is going to pierce your own heart. <laughs> the Lord laughs at the wicked when they gnash their teeth at the righteous. Jesus was accused of being too joyful. Spoke about this. Now, joy equals holiness. Is this right? Nehemiah chapter 8. Nehemiah, who was the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people said to all the people, this day is holy to the Lord your God. Now, the context is Nehemiah has been commissioned to re rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and start the restoration process. And his heart goings. They've got an opposition. They just found the book of the law. Ezra just read the book of the law to the people. They started weeping because of what it said, that they had not been obeying the law. But Nehemiah said this, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep for all the people who are weeping when they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, Go, eat of the fat, or drink of the sweet, and send portions to him who has nothing prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Joy is a stronghold of your life. You know, we always think about strongholds in the negative sense. Man, enemy's got a stronghold right here in my life, man. He's got, he's got this stronghold in my life. But you say, no, you say joy is a stronghold in my life. Joy is a stronghold in my life. It's a stronghold. It won't let go of me. 
So it's not just a shot of strength, but a stronghold is a high fortress of strength that we live out of. So the atmosphere of grieving was not the atmosphere that Nehemiah and the other Israelites needed to experience and receive restoration. That wasn't the atmosphere God was looking for. An atmosphere of grieving was not going to connect them with the strength they were going to need to walk out the restoration. When you walk in joy, you're setting the atmosphere of heaven on earth for people to experience the fulfillment of the promises. You can leak on other people. You can just start taking ground for others. When David won battles and they collected the spoils on the battlefield, they gave it to people who were back in the, in the village waiting. Their breakthrough became breakthrough for others, even though they're the ones that fought and got the breakthrough. You, give, you get to give it away, and God likes that. So consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect results so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So I used to think that I needed to grit my teeth and endure, and then joy comes. I'm just going to make it through this tough time, and then joy will be there at the end. Joy actually pushes you through the testing and produces the endurance. I had a picture one time where the Lord said, Travis, you are you're steadfast, but this is what I want. I had, I had a picture of me plowing a field, and the old picture was I was just like behind the mule, sweat dripping, dirt covered in my face, and I was just like, we can do it, buddy. Come on, Rocket. That, that was my dad's mule's name growing up. So come on, Rocket. Let's get this done, buddy. We're going to make it. And I made it. But the Lord's like, there's a better way. And I saw a picture of me joyfully plowing. I didn't even have a horse. I was the one plowing the ground. I had a plow, and I was just like, <laughs> and I was just tearing that field up without a mule because the joy of the Lord was my strength. That's what we need. I don't want to, I've plowed fields behind the mule. I want to plow fields myself with the joy of the Lord that's unending, that doesn't end. He doesn't grow tired or weary. He doesn't faint. That's the, that's the Lord. He doesn't sleep. His, he doesn't run out of joy. You take, say you take 100 units of joy from God, his bank is still full. So we don't want to do this. This is what I used to do. As I was striving, ah, joy, ah, endurance, total recall. So we're in a joy war. Shout for joy, O barren one, you who have borne no child. Break forth in the joyful shouting and cry aloud, you who have not travailed. For the sons of the desolate one will be more numerous than the sons of the married woman. Joy wars against the barren, bitter spirit that especially tries to attach itself later in life. Jessica's talking about don't get bitter, don't take up offense. Joy battles that thing. Do not do this. Why is that happening to them and not me? That's a doorway to bitterness. Comparison is the thief of joy. Do not compare yourself to anybody. God didn't make another Matt Knoxville. Why would you compare yourself to anybody else? 
you are uniquely designed, created to express God in the earth because he's so multifaceted, he needed lots of children to express who he is. So going back to Psalm 126, imagine what was washing off them as they laughed back to Jerusalem. I think bitterness was washing off of them. The impurity of adopting some of the pagan practices was washing off. Demons were probably leaving them. The whole shebang. So I'm going to go back. I want to play a song, and then we're going to wrap it up with a song. Lord, you laugh at your enemies. You laugh at your enemies. You go before us. You go before us. You go before us. This is from Convergence Church. About eight years ago. You laugh at our enemies. 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 You set a table. You spread it out fine with the best of bread. The pure. I'm laughing. 
Till my face is all you see Till my face is all you see Take my hand, my child And spin around with me You don't know how We'll stand here on my feet And I'll move with you, yeah I'll move with you But you're really moving with me Let's stand up. Yay. We went a little long today. That's all right. We want Holy Spirit to have his way. (laughs) Father, you are good. And all that you do is good. Father, I pray, just help us access the joy. (laughs) Give us the grace. Give us the keys to joy, God. Open the door of our heart. 
do whatever it takes for us to walk in incredible, outrageous, world-changing joy. (laughs) Father, we believe that joy can change the world. (laughs) We have a great salvation. We have a great salvation. We have a great God. We have a great Savior. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. My heritage is beautiful to me. (laughs) Oh, man. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Oh, Lord. So what I want to do, I'm just, we're going to, the band, y'all don't have to come back up here because we're running a little short on time. But uh, we do have to be out of here by 1 o'clock. If you want some prayer, the prayer teams, just pray quickly or just grab somebody to pray with you. But uh, you're free to go. We're going to play a song. But if you want some ministry, we'll be around for a few more minutes to, uh, to pray with you some more. And uh, bless you and laugh. Practice laughing. <laughs> I have a... This is the easy, I mean, super simple, but I have a timer at 2.04 every day, p.m. I don't wake myself up in the night, but 2.04 p.m. for Psalm chapter 2, verse 4, it says the Lord laughs in the heavens. And so my alarm is called laugh at the enemy. So there's a few lies that God has for my life that he wants me to laugh at. So at 2.04, I laugh at them. It's been at Shamrock Pool a few times. It's been a few different places I didn't plan on laughing, but I just laugh. And a lot, and a lot of times I'm just like, you know, I just had to, like, get on to my child for something. Oh, I'm supposed to laugh. <laughs> and you dig that well. Dig the well. That's what it's about. And then it starts bubbling up. You're like, ooh, it's... it's getting easier to laugh. Huh. That muscle's getting bigger. So dig the well. That's what it starts with. And uh, Jesus, the wisdom of God is foolishness to man. Don't be scared of man. Agree with God.